Well, turn with me in your Bibles this evening as we come to the Gospel. We're turning to the Gospel of John, please, in the chapter 12. The Gospel of John in the chapter 12, please. And we're turning to the verse 23. And we're going to read down to the verse 32. And uh, our motto text, I suppose, not our motto text, our main text for tonight will be found in verse 32. Let's just read. Uh, let's just read this passage that leads up to it. Uh, the Gospel of John, in the chapter 12 and the verse uh, 23. And this is the word of the Lord. And it reads, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honour. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for... But For this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Here's our verse tonight. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men on to me. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men on me. Notice that the Lord Jesus Christ says the word all there. The Lord Jesus Christ was lifted up for all and God loves all people and his and his salvation is offered to all. Every single person who listens this evening to my voice, whether in this church building or listens online, Uh, This offer of the gospel is for you. This offer of salvation in Christ is for you. You are loved. This book, the Bible, tells me that God loves you and he loves all people. And that means you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And dear friend, tonight you could be listening and you could know that God loves you. And you could know that Jesus died for you and still not be ready for heaven. And I want you to listen carefully this evening. Tonight in your imagination's eye, we're, we're going back to Good Friday. And we're going to the scene that was at the cross. Um, I want you in your imagination's eye just to come with me there and see those three crosses and, and cast your eye around the scene that would have been there at the cross. We're going to take time and we're going to look at this scene from four different angles. And the first angle we're going to take a look at the cross is beneath the cross. 
beneath the cross. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 27, in the verse 35, we read, And they crucified him, the Lord Jesus, and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. They were beneath the cross, sitting down, watching him there, and set up over his head the accusation, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Just beneath the cross, it says, they were sitting down, and they were looking up, and they were just watching him, the Lord Jesus there. Who were these people who sat and watched him beneath the cross? Well, it says in these verses, in verse 35, it was the ones who crucified him. It says, and they crucified him. It was the soldiers. They sat there at the foot of the cross, just watching the Savior die. I want to tell you something they were greedy. They were greedy, these soldiers. There beneath the cross they gambled for the Saviour's robes. What a vile thing to do. They only cared for their earthly gain. They wanted to become richer in this life. It's not so true really for each of us. We desire to be comfortable. We desire to gain more wealth. If I were to offer you one million pounds as a gift right now, I'm sure you would take it. Yet let me tell you all your earthly gain will never ever stand for you in eternity. We brought nothing into this world and we will take nothing out of it. And tonight the free gift that is offered to you, it's not from me, but from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that his offer of salvation is worth more than the money that this world could give you. It's worth more than all the money that this world even owns. You see, tonight the free gift of salvation can make you ready for heaven. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. He said this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, moth nor rust doth corrupt, where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Dear friend, there's nothing wrong with having a successful job. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's not even anything wrong with being rich. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you, if those things are more important to you than the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, let me tell you, when this life is over, you're taking none of that with you. The only thing that you will know is whether your soul was prepared for heaven, whether you laid up your treasures in heaven, whether you lived for the Lord, whether you trusted in Christ's finished work at Calvary, or whether you just left it all behind. And these soldiers, were they, they were greedy. Can I ask you a question tonight? Are you just greedy for the things of this world? I want to tell you something. If you're just greedy for the things of this world, you want nothing to do with Christ at the end of this life. When it's all over, you'll have deep regrets. Let me tell you something else. You remember the night you sat in Grange Baptist on Easter Sunday and you were told that those treasures would do nothing for you in eternity. Are you saved? Those soldiers, they were greedy, but I want you also to see that they were careless. They sat beneath the cross and they were so careless. They were just getting on with their job. What was their job? Their job was to sit and watch the people dying on the cross. And if it was taking too long, they would break their legs. But if only these men 
had listened to the cries from the cross, the Lord Jesus had even prayed for their forgiveness. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He said to the Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And you know, there was one soldier that day who stood by and he listened to the cries and he said this, surely this was the Son of God. And here these soldiers at the foot of the cross, they were greedy and they were gambling and they were careless because it wasn't a criminal that they were crucifying. It was the perfect Son of God who was taking the punishment for their very sin. And dear unsaved friend tonight, I wonder are you being careless? Maybe for years and years you've sat beneath the cross. Maybe for years and years you've listened to the gospel over and over again. And many a preacher has pleaded with you to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. To get ready for eternity. To ensure that you're heaven bound and not hell bound. And you're just being careless because you've heard it and heard it and heard it. And you haven't responded. You're in a dangerous position. If you know the gospel, if you've heard about it, about it, if you've listened to it many times and you haven't responded, you're being careless. These soldiers beneath the cross, they were greedy and they were careless, but they were also blind. There was nothing wrong with their physical sight. They, they could see perfectly well. But spiritually, they were completely blind. Because they may have sat and watched him there, but they didn't even realize that the one above their heads was shedding his blood for them and all of mankind. Are you blind? He was shedding his blood for you. You could be blind to something you could already own. You know, a number of years ago, I had the privilege of visiting Hearst Castle in California. And there was a man called William Randall of Hearst who was a very wealthy publisher who was so rich at times he didn't realise how much that he owned. There's a story told about how he heard about this wonderful painting and he really wanted it. He wanted it for himself. So he sent his agents all out to search all over the world to find this particular painting that he really wanted. And in the end, his agent returned to him and informed him of the good news that the painting that they had searched for all over the world had eventually been found. And when he asked where the painting was found, the answer came, it's already yours. You already own it. The whole time it had been in Hearst storage, something that he owned already. Did you know that everything has been done, that you can be saved from your sin? Everything is ready. You simply need to claim this wonderful salvation for yourself. Don't be blind. To something that you could already own. God's salvation. How beneath the cross there was no time for the saviour. They were greedy. The soldiers, they were careless. They were blind. You know the hymn writer wrote these words. O sinner, thine ears have been deaf to his voice. Thine eyes to his glory been dim. The cause of thy saviour have so wearied thee. Oh, what if they should weary him? Beneath the cross were the soldiers. But what about before the cross? Before the cross, well, the religious people were there. You see, we read in Mark chapter 15 and verse 29 to 31 these words. It says, and they that passed by, the religious people, 
They reeled on him, or they were swearing at him, wagging their tails and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that they may see and believe. There were people who were passing by and they just ridiculed the Saviour as he died for the sin of the world. You who destroyed the temple and rebuilt it in three days, save yourself. They were saying, prove yourself God, prove that you're God. And they mocked him. They were using sarcasm, save yourself and come down from the cross. It was all mockery. He never said he would destroy the temple. In John 2.19 he said he would destroy the temple of his body and he would raise it in three days. And that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what we celebrate in Resurrection Sunday because his body was gone three days and then up from the grave he arose and he's a risen saviour who defeated death, sin and hell. The religious leaders who were before the cross were saying, let this Christ, the King of Israel, they were shouting, let this Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. You could say, you can see the sarcasm here. They didn't believe that at all. They were mocking my Saviour. It's all hypocrisy. Let him come down. Would they believe? Well, he did come down. The Lord Jesus, he was put in the tomb. We know three days later he came out of the grave. Did they believe then? Did they? When it was reported to them that he rose from the dead, what did those who mocked him do? Did they believe? After mocking God and asking him to do that, no. Instead they bribed the soldiers to lie. It's all mockery, all of it. They they, they wouldn't believe and if they didn't believe Moses and the prophet, if they didn't believe Moses and the prophets and what they said about the Messiah who would come, who was right before them, they wouldn't believe that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, even before the Lord Jesus had made it to the cross, they mocked him throughout his arrest and trial. They launched a mock trial in the courtyard of the hall, in the halls of Caiaphas's house, and and he, he had been punched in the face, and he was slapped in the face, and he was spat upon and mocked as as a king by having a crown of thorns pushed into his brow, and a soldier's mantle to be and a false robe thrown round him, and his shoulders were lacerated, and the reed was put in his hand as if it was some kind of scepter. And they heaped the saviour with scorn. The notion that he is any kind of king to them was nothing. They treated him with such dishonour. They treated him with such shame and such hatred. And it never ceases to shock me. No matter how many times we read the accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. There were people and they mocked God. Today there's many people and they mock God. I wonder, are you one of them? There's many people who take his name in vain. Many people who question what he does. Many people who question God's word. They even make jokes about Christianity and the television, it's full of it. But let me show you what the Bible says. It says, be not deceived. God is not 
mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, uh, he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. If you choose to ridicule God and mock him in this life, when it comes to eternity, the Lord Jesus won't stand by you. And if you live for yourself and mock God, the Bible says that you will reap corruption. But tonight, if you choose to turn from your sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, it says in Galatians 6 verse 8, you will reap everlasting life. How the people who were before the cross, they they mocked the Lord Jesus, they ridiculed him and they rejected him. Dear friends, God is not mocked. Marilyn Monroe was visited by the evangelist Billy Green, who said that the Spirit of God had sent him to share the gospel with her. And after hearing what the preacher had to say, she mocked God and she said, I don't need your Jesus. A week later, Marilyn Monroe was found dead in her apartment. Don't mock God. We don't know when our last opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel will be. Dear friend, God is not mocked. Don't reject his offer of salvation today. Beneath the cross were the greedy, careless and blind soldiers. Before the cross were the passers-by and religious leaders who ridiculed and mocked and rejected the Lord Jesus. But then we can think of those who were beside the cross. In Luke 23 and verses 32 and 33 we read these words, and there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Of course, we know that on either side of the cross were two thieves. They were found there, one on the right hand and one on the left. And they, of course, were hanging for crimes that they had done. And we can assume that they had been nailed to their crosses as well. And we can assume that the same agonies are going on through their bodies. And they were listening to the passers-by. And they were listening to the religious leaders who were before the cross as they mocked the Lord Jesus. And the next thing is, these two men on either side of the Savior, they were joining in. For in Matthew 27, 44, it says, they were insulting Jesus with the same words they heard from the rulers. But you know what happened to these two thieves? At first they both were mocking. Are you not Christ? Save yourself and us. They were caught up in the ridicule, even in the midst of imminent death. Then there was division. As the thief on one side mocked, the other realized that their life was ending. And they weren't ready and he said, Lord, remember me. Do you know what that is? It's the sinner's plea. Lord, I've fallen so fall short of your standards. I'm not ready to die. And if I will, and if, and I will never be ready to die. But the Lord Jesus was able to make this thief ready. And there was division. The two thieves now had two different opinions. One mocked to his death. The other prepared for his death. I wonder which camp you're in. Are you going to prepare for death? Or are you going to mock until you're dead? Do you know the Lord said to that repentant thief, thief, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Dear friend, you're not guaranteed to hit the pillow tonight. You're not even guaranteed the next hour of your life. 
You've a decision to make this evening whether you'll accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour from sin and death and hell or whether you'll live for yourself and risk never, ever being ready for eternity. You see, the moment that that, the moment that, that faith realised he was on his way to a lost eternity, he affirmed his belief in Christ and a belief in Christ's future life on the other side of death, and, and he affirmed that the Lord Jesus was king, and the conversion took place there and then. And you have in a moment the conversion of a blasphemer. I wonder tonight, could you hear their conversation from a sinner to a saint? From a bla- Can you see the conversion from a sinner to a saint, from a blasphemer to a believer? How powerful is the cross? We sang about the power of the cross earlier. It's so powerful that some of those who were there at the time blaspheming the Saviour, the Lord Jesus in his face, some of those who were actually there were redeemed. Because we read in Acts chapter 6 and verse 7 that there were many of the priests later came to faith in Christ. They were forgiven. I wonder if you experienced the power of the cross in your own life. You see, there's been many a man who sat in prison for murder and many horrible things. And today there's many men who stand in pulpits preaching the gospel because they were saved in the prison cell. There's many a drunkard who the Lord's life has changed. And today they stand as Christians and they live for the Lord with their lives free from the, 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 the chains of alcohol, being an alcoholic. There's many a drug addict that the Lord has changed. There's many, the Lord, there's many people that the Lord has saved and he can save you too. Maybe you don't concur with those sorts of lives. Maybe you live a life that's, that's, that's fairly good and you're a good citizen and you're a good neighbor. And you live well and you're very moral. But the problem is your own efforts won't get you to heaven. The Bible says that you still need the power of the cross. Because the Bible tells us that our righteous acts, the things that we do right, the things that we think we do right before God, they're as filthy rags. Your own efforts will never, ever, ever get you to heaven. And one of the criminals on the cross realized that. The other didn't. Dear friend, on which side of the cross are you on? You see, we've thought about those who were beneath the cross, the soldiers who were greedy, who were careless, who were blind. We've thought of those who were before the cross, those religious leaders and those passers-by, those who mocked. And we've thought about those who were beside the cross, the two men on either side and their contrasting decisions. But finally, I want to think of those who stood by the cross. In John chapter 19, verse 25, I think this is one of the loveliest verses in Scripture. It says, Neither stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, Mary Magdalene, and the disciple standing by, whom he loved. Of course, there were friends of the Lord Jesus Christ and they were nowhere at the scene of the cross. We can think of Judas. Judas had betrayed the Lord Jesus. He had the privilege of hearing firsthand the teachings of the Lord and he rejected the Lord and gave him up cheaply. wonder is there anyone who's listening and you've given up the Lord cheaply. 
You attend the church, you appear uh, to others to be right before God. When it comes to salvation, you're nowhere. I wonder, am I describing you tonight? That's a foolish game to play. Because the Almighty God knows your heart. And he cannot be fooled. I wonder, are you nowhere? You see, there were some people that were nowhere. But then there were some of the Lord's friends, and they were somewhere. We're told that Peter, he followed from afar. I wonder, is there a Christian here tonight who's been following afar from a while? Why not use this as an opportunity on Easter Sunday 2023 to draw yourself closer to the Saviour again? But as we read in John 19, there wasn't just people who were nowhere. There wasn't just people who were somewhere. But there's people who were there at the scene of the cross. And they were by the cross. Let me say as we wrap up our gospel service on this Easter Sunday 2023. That the best place to be found is with the Lord Jesus Christ and by his side. There was John the Lord's mother and his mother's se- and his mother's sister and Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene all found at the cross. Can I ask you where are you found tonight? Are you far off or you nowhere? Or are you maybe dear child of God or are you just somewhere? Somewhere in the distance, been following from a distance for a while and maybe you need to come back to the Lord tonight. Let me ask you, are ye there by the Saviour's side? What's your testimony tonight? There's the Saviour who is dying for the sin of the world. And so few, so few of those who he had loved in this earth, those who he had spent most of his time with, so few of them stood by him on the cross at the cross but I praise God that for the child of God and those who trust in him at times we do follow from a distance but he always has us in the palm of his hand he died for you and he wants to save you dear unsaved friend tonight but the question comes what will you do with Jesus will you turn a blind eye and continue to live as you are we about a bit like those soldiers who were blind to what was going on. Or will you just use his name as a swear word and mock the name of God? Or will you be like the thief on the cross and cry out to, to the Lord? Turn from your sin and ask him to be your saviour and come with those who were by the cross and stand at the foot of the cross. What will you do with Jesus? who died in Calvary's tree, who gave his precious lifeblood, that you might e'er be free from sin and condemnation, from fear and death and hell, and give you joy and gladness and grace his love to tell. What will your answer be? What will your answer be? Jesus is calling you answer. Oh, what will your answer be?